So today's daf is Nun Hey in Yoma. We're actually a daf ahead of the official calendar. We are on Nun Dalit Amud Bet. We are on the last line of that Amud. So Natalit Adam Mimishim Memare. So we know that the Kohen Gadol, what he did was he first slaughtered the bull that he was going to sprinkle the blood. Then he goes into the Kodesh Kodeshim with the Ketoret, and then he comes out and he retrieves the blood from the person who was stirring it. They were stirring it so that it wouldn't solidify and become impossible to sprinkle. And he brings that into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. So it says that he would sprinkle it into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. And then, of course, he goes and he gets this, the, uh, he slaughters and brings the blood of the goat. So it said that he does it, one up, seven down. And he doesn't do it, uh, it says he didn't have kavana. To go up or down, ele kematzlif. That's the that's the word. So the question is, what does kematzlif mean? That he did it kematzlif. So it says, my kematzlif, machver of Yehuda, of Yehuda demonstrated. He said, ke minagdana. Ke minagdana means Rashi says, ke make like a person who's whipping somebody with a strap. Uh, that he starts from the shoulders and he works downward. In other words, the point is that when he uh, when he's uh, sprinkling the blood, he has the one facing up, as we're going to see, and then and then he moves down so that it drips, so that it's a line going down. In other words, it's going to drip in a line going down, just like when you whip somebody, you start from the top of the back and you work your way down, it's going to work his way down. You don't actually sprinkle the blood on the kaporet, even though it sounds like that, you don't actually sprinkle it on the kaporet, which is the cover of the ark, right? It means that you do it, meaning facing it, parallel to it. So he holds his hand parallel to the cover of the ark and allows the blood to go down onto the floor, not that he actually sprinkles it on the ark itself. When he sprinkles upward, he holds his hand upward. In other words, he sprinkles it this way, uh, holding his, the back of his hand towards the ground, right? That means that when it says downward, it means that the palm of the hand faces down uh, and the back of the hand faces up. That's what it means, lemata. Okay, right? So it's just talking about the positioning of the hand. Where do we get this idea from that he doesn't actually sprinkle it on the ark itself, but he sprinkles it in front of the ark? It says he should sprinkle the blood on the kaporet and in front of the kaporet. Now the thing is like this, that there are actually two psukim, and they're both, if you have the newer gemarot, then they'll be in the, on the side. Yeah, there are two psukim, one pasuk that describes the sprinkling of the blood of the goat, and one that describes the sprinkling of the blood of the uh, bull. So the one that says, of the bull says he should take it, that he should sprinkle the blood with his finger in front of the kaporet on the eastern side. That's the pasuk that talks about the, about the bull. So it doesn't mention the number of times that he sprinkles but it says seven times. Now the way the Gemara is interpreting it is that means downwards. Okay, al penea kaporet means upward. So it says he should sprinkle upwards, and he should sprinkle downwards seven times. When it comes to the goat, it says that he should bring the blood of the goat. There it doesn't mention the number of sprinklings, but he says he should do the same that he did with the blood of the bull on the kaporet and in front of the kaporet. Now they're interpreting al kaporet not to mean on the kaporet, but to mean upwards versus downwards, right? So the question is... 
Where'd they get that from? So it says, This is the Pasuk from the goat. It says, You don't really need the Pasuk that says, When it comes to the goat. Why not? Because it's extra. Because, because we already have a Pasuk that tells us that you do exactly the same thing with the goat as you did with the bull. So why do I need to mention that with the goat, you should sprinkle in front of and, and, and on the face of and in front of the kaporet. You don't need to say it because you already told me to do what I did with the blood of the, po- of the bull. So, la- so the question is, The reason why you have this extra phrase in the Pasuk about the goat, where it says, That you should sprinkle the blood on the covering of the ark and in front of it is to teach you a connection between the two. Just like when you say in front of the kaporet, obviously you don't mean on the kaporet, you mean in front of it. So so too, when it, means, when it says on it, it doesn't mean it literally, but it means upwards versus facing downwards with the hand. That's all. Now it says other, but we could say the opposite. You actually don't need the mention by the bull of the sprinkling upwards. Because actually, as we're going to see, we learn it from the goat. Because when it says with the goat, it says, Visa oto ala kaporet. And oto, it means one time. They're taking it to mean one time. Right? So it says, so we learn it from the goat. So lama nema la kushe lifne al. Maybe it's telling you the exact opposite. Ma al al mamash, af lifne al mamash. That just like it says, uh, just like the on the kaporet is literal, maybe in front of kaporet means on the side of it. Meaning on the front side, the, the Eastern side, the top and the eastern side of it. Maybe it means literal, right? So, hi, my, how could you say that? How could you say that the extra pasuk is the one by the bull? And therefore, since the extra pasuk is the one by the bull, we're going to learn something that's literal about the sprinkling of the blood? No, because... Right, so in other words, if you're going to say that lemata desa'ir that the mention of the downward sprinklings of the goat, that's what is really necessary. Is is what is considered um, is considered to be for the hekish for the connection of the two. Okay, so then lemala de we need the upper the upward sprinklings of the bull for a special drasha. And that is with the bull. That the face of the kaporet is the east. To teach you that anytime it says pinay in the context of the Beit HaMikdash, it always means the eastern side. The face is the east. Right? That's always true. So, therefore, we need that extra word by the bull, where it says by the bull that he should sprinkle al penea kaporet kedma. That's extra. So, we don't want to say that we're using that to learn anything else. We're going to say that's extra. Right? So, meaning we need that drasha, rather. We need that drasha. So, that means that what we're going to say then, that what's extra in the pasuk is actually like what we said before. We're going to say that what's, since we're using that for something else, we're going to say that what's extra in the pasuk is where it says the downward sprinklings of the sa'ir because since we're going to learn the uh, the downward sprinkling of the sa'ir we're anyway going to learn it from the downward sprinkling of the bull so we don't so therefore that leaves the pasuk of the bull to teach us what that that face means east okay but but if you're going to tell me no that we're going to use that word in the uh, in the ca- context of the bull that's what's extra and it's teaching you that on is literal al kaport is literal if you're going to say that, so then what do you need the extra pasuk by the sa'ir, by the goat? In other words, everything works out if you say this. 
that the pasuk of the bull is coming to teach you something about eastward direction. It's something else. The pasuk about the goat that isn't necessary is therefore coming to teach you that you don't literally sprinkle on the kaporet and on the aron, you do it in front of it. Okay, but if you say that no, the pasuk that's extra here is actually by the bull and it's telling you that it is literal to sprinkle on the kaporet. Okay, so then what do I do with the extra pasuk of the, of the goat? I don't have anything to learn from it so that I'm stuck. It's going to be extra. So therefore we go the other way. We say that the extra pasuk is the one that that the goat comes to teach us that just like in front of is not, is not on, also on is not on. It just means upwards. And the extra pasuk gets left over from the bull teaches us something else. That's how it learns it. No. Because it says, I was just that's saying, that's the Drosha. Because the Beit HaMikdash faces east. When you walk up to it, the front, the front. That's what yeah. it means. Like the back is west. The rabbi said, Viza out all the kapot with the kapot. It says that you should sprinkle it on the kapot and in front of the kapot. Lamadu kama lemala b'sa'ir achat. Right? So we know, it, the Gemara assumes, now it says explicitly, right, by the, by the par, that sheva lemata, because it says, kaporet sheva pamim. In front of the kaporet you do seven sprinklings. So seven sprinklings is referring to the downwards one. That's explicit in the par. It doesn't say the, any number actually in the, in the goat, but it does say viza oto ala kaporet, which is taken to mean one. You do one ala kaporet, which you're saying means upwards, okay? So it says, we know achat, for lemalab with the goat, so lemata beside kama, but I don't know exactly how many I should do downwards with the goat. So hareni dan, so I use logic. Nemru damim lemata bepar, nemru damim lemata beseir. I know by the goat that it says explicitly seven, right? And I know that I also have to do downward sprinkling for the. I'm sorry, by the by the bull, it says explicitly seven. I know we, I do downward sprinkling also for the goat. So maybe I should say like this: malemata bepar sheva, lemata beseir sheva. So I'll say very logically. Just like by the bull is seven downwards, it should be seven downwards by the goat. Or maybe I could say, I could say the opposite. I could say, let's do it internally. Why am I comparing the bull to the goat? Right? Just like the goat explicitly says one upwards, maybe it's also one downwards. Okay? How do you know that I should learn the downwards number from the, bar, from the uh, bull? So, let's see which is similar to which. I think we should compare, says the Gemara, downward sprinkling to the other downward sprinkling. Since we know the downward sprinkling of the bull is seven, so we should say the same about the goat. Right? And not compare the goat's downward sprinkling to the goat's upward sprinkling. Of course, you could say the opposite. No, we could say the opposite. It makes more sense to compare the goat to itself than to compare the goat to the bull. And since we know that the goat's upward sprinkling is one, we should say the downward sprinkling also one. So it says, Talmud Lomar, That's why the Pasuk comes along and tells you, do with the blood of the goat like you did with the blood of the, go- of the, of the bull. Shein Talmud Lomar, Kashir Asa. You don't need those words. To tell you that all of the performance, in other words, it's not just telling you one detail of the performance that you do up and you do down. It's telling you that the number, the quantity is also the same. That just like when it, with the bull, it explicitly says in the Torah that it's seven downwards. So, it, so we extend that also to the goat. So, so again, the pasuk tells us how, ma, how many times we sprinkle downwards with the bull, it says seven. Right? right? And we also know now sheva, uh, right? We say seven for both, right? We said b- both of them now we determined it's seven because we, we, did, we know that the bullet explicitly says in the Torah and we just made a hekesh to say that also for the, uh, 
for the goat. But but I don't know how many upwards for the bull. So it's the same problem. In other words, by the Seir, it mentions one upwards, but it doesn't mention the number downwards. We filled that in with the bull. With the bull, it mentions seven downwards. It doesn't mention how many upwards. We got to fill that in. So I've already done that. But then we'll damn the bapar. So I'm sorry, Lemala Bapar. It says upward sprinkling by the goat and by the and by the bull. So Male Malabasayur Achat Afmalbarachat. So I should say the same thing. Just like the upward sprinkling of the Sa'ir, which is the explicit one written in the Torah is upwards. So same is one. So so too with the with the uh, bull. Oh Kalachaderzo, or I could say this. You could say, hey, look, the Torah tells you explicitly seven downwards with the with the bull. So maybe also seven upwards, right? Male Matabapar Shevavlemalaparsh. Do it internally. Compare bull to bull. Don't compare bull to, to, to goat. So, same exact argument. I should say that no, up, sprinkling in the upward direction should be compared to the other example, and sprinkling downward direction should be compared to the other, the other example. So, since I already know that for the goat, upward direction, there's one sprinkling, also one sprinkling for the uh, upward direction of the bull. But we could make the opposite argument and say that better to internally resolve it and say that just like we know that, the, that it says explicitly the bull seven times downward, so seven times upward. So it says, no. Again, why does it say he has to do is the, the blood Kasher um, asa like he did with the blood of the par matal mudomar kasher asa shu kol asiotav shavot kishem shelamada bapar sheva kach lamada b'seir sheva ukishem shelamada b'seir achad kach lemada bapar achad. In other words, the idea is that we make a complete equation between the two. We say that just like there's the Torah gives us an explicit indication in each one. It tells you by the by the bull the seven downwards. It doesn't mention the quantity upwards. It says by the goat one upwards. It doesn't mention the quantity downwards. So from the pas- it says you do exactly the same thing with the uh, with the goat. So from that kasher asat that he does the same way. We learn from from each one the thing that's missing. So we say seven downwards for both and one upward for both. Then it says then it talks about the counting. Achat achat v'achat achat v'shtayim tanu abanan achat achat v'achat achat v'shtayim achat v'shalosh achat v'arba achat v'chamesh achat v'shesh achat v'sheva di Rabbi Meir. That's how you do it according to Rabbi Meir, which is exactly what we have in our machzor. We're all used to saying it. Rabbi Yehuda Omer achat achat v'achat v'shtayim v'achat shalosh v'achat arba v'achat chamesh v'achat shesh v'achat sheva v'achat. He has it opposite. Right, he does it the opposite way. He does the larger number first. They're not really arguing on a halachic issue. The point is that each one does according to his minhag of his place. In some places, the, the custom was, it says that in the, in the neighborhood of Rabbi Yehuda, the custom, the, like the, the idiom of the speech was that people would say the larger number first whenever they were saying, like in English, you know, in, in, um, in modern English, we say 24. But in like... Shakespearean English or whatever, like hundreds oh, of years ago, they would say they would say four and twenty years ago, right? They would say things like that in the older English. The they don't do that anymore. It's it's not always, <laughs> not always. It it doesn't always. What do you mean? Shana v'esrim shana v'esrim shana v'esrim shana v'esrim shana v'esrim shana um, it could be one, sometimes a smaller number, sometimes a larger number. And that case is a proof for Rabbi Yehuda, because right. it's a larger number first. But it, it, it depends. It depends on the context. So it's saying it was something cultural. So I guess if the Kohen Gadol was from like the neighborhood of Rabbi Yehuda, okay, he would do the way that, uh, you know, he would, he would be inclined to do it that way, or Rabbi Yehuda would recommend that way. The point is that you what separate you out. One, it, is that what it's it says that they're not arguing. In other words, they don't really have a halachic argument. 
so much. It's an, it's just a matter of you have to separate the count of the limata and lemala, the one that's up, the one that's down. So he's saying, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you always mention the larger number first. According to uh, according to Rabbi Meir, you always mention the smaller number first. But that was just a matter of it's saying it's just a matter of speech, like what works in that language. In some languages, like in modern English, we always say the larger number first. In in more archaic English, they might say the smaller number first. You know, or like for example, in you know when you write dates in Europe, they write the day and then the month. They go from the smaller to the bigger. Right here, we do the, you know, the different minhagi. It's like a minhag hamakom. It's not. It doesn't even have any logic so behind. This one, one, yeah. on one, two, this? To show the one of the lemala, and then one, and then he's adding. In the end, there's achat b'shem, which is eight, which is the one facing upward, right. sprinkling, and the seven so. down. So he's separating the two. So right. In a way, there's seven times lemala. Right. There's seven times lemata. Right. It's oh, achat. Achat v'achat, achat v'shtayim, achat v'shalosh, achat and seven down. It's not achat v'mala anymore. The achat v'mala is the achat. When you do achat v'achat, you're counting the first one. Why do you have to repeat achat every time? That's how he's keeping, because the point is that he's keeping count. Well, it's going to mention it. He's going to say why. But he's keeping the count, but he's separating between the, the one that was lemala and the one that was lemata by saying achat. I don't, I don't know if I follow basketball. I don't know. I'm not an expert. Talk, talk, baseball, talk baseball to me. I don't know. Anyway. alma mihat. But everybody agrees. And here's your question. That the first hazaa requires achat. You have to keep saying the achat of the first one. Why can't you just combine it together and say achat shtayim shalosh arba chamesh and go like that? So it says, why is, so why is that tzicha minyanim kol achat v'achat? My tamah, what's the reason? Rebbe Al-Azhar Amar shelo It's a practical reason. We don't want him to make a mistake. In other words, he'll remember, he'll go, wait a second. What am I up? I'm, I'm saying three. Was that counting the the Malawan or was it not counting the Malawan? Now, now I can't remember. Did I? What am I up to? Like you'll get confused, right? It's like when you try to count a lot of things and you try to group them and say, okay, you know, I'm up to ten now. I'm going to start from the new thing, or whatever. I'm up to hundred. I'm going to start again because if you try to count one number, one you know, keep one count going. You figure, out, what did I include in this? I can't remember now. So that was the concern that he would say achat shtayim shalosh arba. He's like, wait a second. Was that counting the first one or not counting the first one? They get confused. Rabbi Yochanan Amar Amar Why does it say the word yazeh twice? Because it says that he has to sprinkle the blood on the kaporet, and then it says v'lefnei uh, kaporet. First it says uh, first it says v'hizab uh, etzbao, and then it says yazeh sheva pamim. It says the the word sprinkling twice. In other words, it's a gzerata katuf that because it has this different meaning, a different significance, so therefore it has to be mentioned separately in the count. So according to Rabbi Yochanan, and it's interesting because the Farshim point out that in the Ushalmi he says the opposite, it's the reverse actually, but uh, it could be that it, there's different uh, versions, and actually the Rambam uh, rules like Rabbi Elazar, who's the student of Rabbi Yochanan, so everyone says that that's, that's an indication that he was following the other version, that the, the names are switched, were switched in his uh, in his. Uh, in his version of the Gemara. But either way, so the point is that according to this Rabbi Yochanan, it's Xerat katuv. It's not a practical thing that he's going to forget. It's that the Torah says he has to separate between the two because of some deeper significance. Okay, so my benayu, ika benayu, And of course, the, the difference between them would be if he didn't count, but he didn't make a mistake. In other words, in the case where he doesn't make a mistake, if it's Xerat katuv, then it doesn't matter if he's gonna if if he's gonna make a mistake or not, making a mistake is a practical thing. It's a mitzvah from the Torah that he has to separate them out. He has to mention it, 
right? On the other hand, if it's, uh, if it's something which is just a practical thing, and he knows he didn't get confused, he knows he did it correctly, so then he wouldn't have to worry about the fact that he counted them together and did one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and he's like, I know that I did the right number, I'm not worried. Okay, according to Rabbi Yochanan, that it's from a pasuk, you you would have to say that that was done incorrectly. You have to do it. It's the to do the other way. Now it says uh, We saw that according to the Chachamim, there are two stands. There's one for the blood of the bull, and there's one for the blood of the goat. So he can put the one of the bull down and take the one of the goat. Right when he when he's working with the one of the goat, he puts the one on the bull there, and and then when he comes out, in other words, when he goes in originally, he just applies the blood of the bull. Then he puts puts it on the stand, which is in the hechal in the kodesh. Then because the blood of the bull doesn't have to go back into the kodesh kodeshim, then he's going to exit and he's going to go slaughter the goat, bring the blood of the goat into the kodesh kodeshim, and sprinkle the blood. But then when he comes out, now he has to go back to doing the blood of the bull because he's first going to do the blood of the bull on the parochet which separates the Kodesh and the Kodesh Kodeshim, and then he's going to do the blood of the Seir, so he has to put them down. So if there are two stands, so it's no problem. He can put down the blood of the bull on stand number two, right? And he can now pick up the blood of the bull again. In other words, because he had just used the blood of the goat in the Kodesh Kodeshim, he could put it down and then take the blood of the bull again to do the parochet. What the blue is the guy's staring. You know, that was before. That was only outside. I think I sent you last year. That was only outside. When he's inside, nobody's allowed in, so nobody can stir anything. So he doesn't take you back out? No, 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 no. He never takes it back out. So now, so he, he leaves it on a stand right outside the Kodesh. That was the thing. So if there are two stands, right, if there are two stands, so then when he comes out of the Kodesh, Kodesh, he can put down the blood of the goat and just take one of the bull. But if there's only one stand, he has to switch them. In other words, he has to pick up with one hand the blood of the uh, of the par again, but then right that we're going to see right right it's simple now so the thing is that was the machloket between Rabbi Yudah and the Chachamim according to Rabbi Yudah you only have one stand the question is why why you can't afford another one what's what's the problem right yes saving money budget budget cuts so it says Tanan Adam we learned over there Rabbi Yudah Omer and it says that it should really say what not Tanan. It says it's not really new, it's not it's really a Tosefta it's not really a Mishnah fine it should say Tanya maybe or Tana. We learned this before, that Rabbi Yehuda said that, remember that there were those different containers that you would drop money in for different korbanot in the Beit HaMikdash, people will come. So he said there was none, he didn't include one for the kinei chova. If somebody was a zav, zava, yoledet, and they needed to bring pairs of birds, one and olan, one a chatat, he said they did not have a separate container for that. That you had to do individually. There was no container for that. If you just were bringing birds as a burnt offering, korban ola, as a donation, pure korban ola, so then they could just collect it all in one container and then they knew every couple of coins is another bird or whatever. But if, but if it's a mix of olan chatat, because each one has to be a pair, so then they didn't have a container for the pairs where it's a chatat and ola because they didn't want the chatat and ola to mix. We'll see why. Okay, so now he says, "Lo ayu shofar the kinei chovah mipnei tarovot." My mipnei tarovot. I'm Rav Yosef. They tarovot chovah bin dava. So Rav Yosef said, "What does it mean that they're going to mix things up? They're going to mix the nidava and the chovah, the ones that are voluntary, meaning where it's supposed to be two olot, right? Because you can't bring an, a voluntary chatat, but you can bring two burnt offering olot as a voluntary. There, we don't want to mix that up with the pairs that it's supposed to be olan chatat." What's the big problem? Why can't you just have two containers? Right on one of them, this is for the chova, and therefore half the money is chatat, half the money is olah, and this is for nedavah, half the, and all the money is going to olah. What's the big deal? You can, everyone here is literate. What's the problem? Why can't we just write it on the outside? So it says, uh, Rabbi Yudah, he doesn't like writing. 
In other words, he doesn't like writing on things too confusing. You write a label on something, people don't look, they don't pay attention. Forget about writing. Okay, what are you talking about? Titznan, Rabbi Yehuda Omer. So the first they give it, they say, Titznan, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Lo Hayasham Elakan Echad Bilvad. And they bring, in this discussion, they brought the source of the, uh, of the uh, of our our Mishnah, in other words, that according to Rabbi Yehuda, there's only one stand for the blood of both the bull and the goat. Why only one stand? Oh, because you see, if if there could have been two stands, then they would write on the bottom: "This is for the goat, this is for the bull." No problem. I know which one to put it, which one I'm taking, right? But obviously, Rabbi Yehuda doesn't want you to get confused because he doesn't want you to write anything on there. He's not going to have any written text on there for you to pay attention to. So therefore, the only way to make sure you don't get confused is that you have to put one down in order to take the other one. We're not going to have two stands like that. So that, But the problem is, uh, so then, it, it, so that's why he said there's only one stand. So tre so mishum The problem with having two is that you're going to get confused. In other words, you're going to end up putting the container of uh, one on the other one and mix everything up and everything will be messed up. And we know that the order of the Yom Kippur Avodah is exactly precise. It has to be Really, really precise. But like people today, like the way that Rashi explains it, it's like today, when you put a sign, a lot of times people don't pay attention. You write something there that people don't pay attention. It's like a giant letters, you know. People are not really going to pay attention. Maybe the Kohen Gadol, he's tired and everything, he's not going to pay attention. He's going to mess up. So just have one. So he doesn't get confused. But the thing is, so it says, why can't you have two? That just proves to you. Because if Rabbi Yehuda was comfortable, had been comfortable with writing labels on things, so then he would have just said, write on one par, one sa'ir, you know which one is goat, which one is bull, and it shouldn't be a problem. Ah, you see the fact that he's worried that you're going to confuse it means that he doesn't rely on you reading things. He doesn't rely on reading labels. And therefore, he's going to tell you you can only have one so you don't get mixed up. Could but, you make it different in different ways? Maybe, but he's saying whatever symbol you use, label you use, is not going to work. Saying labeling them won't work. People yeah, won't pay attention. They get confused. The, bull on the thing stand, and then he comes out. Oh, this is the must be the seir because I right. He's going to get confused. The problem is that he's not going to pay attention to nuance like that. It's better just to limit the limit the what? He didn't sleep. It's a busy day. Yeah, he's, well, it's going to say that actually. It's going to say he was tired, he was confused, easier to get confused. He doesn't know what's going on, right? So made to be there is an objection, but it doesn't work out anyway because there were thirteen horns or thirteen like things for collecting money in the Beit Hamikdash. But we know what was written on them. Taklin the taklin atikin. One of them said Nushkalim, old shkalim, right? The taklin chadetin, taklin atikin, vekinin. Right, atikin means from the last year. In other words, people who are bringing the machatzit shekel from this year, people atikin uh, uh, is the last year. They were late, late taxes, so it goes into a different fund. The kinin pairs of birds, the gozle ola, and the um, and the burnt offering. Uh, a bird. So this is this is different because the kinin would be pairs where one is a chatat and one is ola. Gozle ola means that they're just going for korban ola. Ve'etzim. Somebody wants to donate wood. Ulvona. Someone wants to donate levona to be burnt on the outer altar. Vizav la kaporet. Or they want to donate gold when they refurbish the kaporet of the the cover of the of the ark. They would use it, right? Ve'shishalin davan. There were actually six for do, for voluntary donation. The reason why was because there were six days of the week. So each uh, sub subcategory of the Kohanim, like the each each uh, watch of Kohanim that came up for the week, really the, each family only served one day, 
right? He only served one day, except for Shabbat, when everybody did. So they, since they only served one day, so one was Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so the sun, there was a Sunday container, a Monday container, a Tuesday container. Now what happened was, that was, whatever was in those containers, those were the nidavot of burnt offerings, that whenever there would be, the Mizbech would be empty, we call it Kaita Mizbech, they would fill it with these extra korbanot. Okay, so that, they didn't want, they wanted it to be, that there would always be available for each one of the families and it would be, you know, not any argument about it. So they had, people would put donations in each one of the six. So that way, okay, the Monday people, they take from this opening. The Wednesday, they take from this container. So it was designated for that day, certain amount. Six. Huh? Those six were not labeled? They were labeled. That's the whole point. No, That's why six. The one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, six. they were labeled by the day. Right. So that says this is the same same uh, letters that be in my second Yeah, this is exactly the same thing. Same yeah, this is, this is literally it. Tiklin chadetin elu shkalim shal koshana v'shana. So the one that says the new shkalim is the one that's being given for this year. Tiklin atikim v'shlo shkal eshtakal shkol shana ba. That's somebody who didn't pay last year is paying this year, so it goes into a different fund because it doesn't go to the to the korbanot of that year. Kinin hen torin goes leola hen bneyona vekulan olot tivrabiuda. According to him, the word kinin doesn't mean pairs of birds like everyone else would use it which would refer to chatat and ola he says no if it's in the, the container that says kinin that doesn't mean uh, chatat and ola that just means that they are pigeons and if it says gozale ola or gozale ola means that those are bnei yona those are the turtle doves whatever it's a different bird right gozale ola is a different bird than uh, than uh, uh, than kinin but, but they're all olot but you see from that that what? That obviously Rabbi Yehuda is comfortable with them using labels because he's also talking about the labels on all the different containers. So what do you mean there's no labels? Right? So obviously labels are not the problem. You know why it is that Rabbi Yehuda says that you can't have one container that has in it multiple things, ola and chatat. I mean, you can't have one container that is for the pairs of birds that include both an ola and a chatat. Why not? Because maybe the owner of that pair is going to die. And if he dies, we know chatat shemetu ba'alea, if the owners of the chatat die, okay. so then it beca- that money beca- has to be thrown to Yamamelach. You can't use the money anymore. And it's going to ruin everything in the money box. So we don't want any chatat money ever mixed in with any ola money because yeah, we don't yeah, want that to happen. Yeah, substitute that one money for well, we'll see what we'll see. So it says, Are we really worried about that? We don't make those kind of assumptions. If somebody sends a chatat from Midinatayam, from far away, and in those days it could be Months journey away. Who knows? He sends the chatat. You assume he's still alive when you get to the Bet HaMikdash and you offer it. Right? Meaning you don't assume the guy dies. You always assume cheskat chayim. So therefore, if a person put the money in for the korban to be brought, we don't assume he probably died. So why would you have to worry about that? The concern is not that we're worried that maybe the maybe someone's going to die. We don't assume that. The concern is we know they died. The guy put the money in or lady put the money in to the uh, container for the Khatat and Ola pair, and then she died after that. We know she died. So now we definitely, it's not that we would assume that somebody died, it's that we know that the person died, that they put their money in there. So what are we going to do? <coughs> so it says, no problem. No problem. Just take four zoos out of there, meaning take the amount of money that they put in, throw it out. Why do you have to make the whole container of money bad? What's the problem? It says, if we only have to worry in a case where we know for sure somebody died, so we find out they died, we go, we take the money, we throw it out. Right? So it says, no, and the rest will be okay. Rabbi Yehuda, let Rabbi Yehuda doesn't use that kind of thing. You can't say the four shekel or whatever, the four, the coins that you take out, oh, this belonged to that lady that died. How do you know that belonged to the lady that died? Maybe this other money did. Now, now all of the money inside there is going to be in a suffix that maybe it came from a person that died, and we can't use any of it. 
So it says, and Minalan, how do we know that Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold by Brera, which is, which is generally accepted, but how do we know that? Maybe you'll say it's from this Mishnah. By the way, this sugya we've read already, word for word, this sugya, uh, previously, we've seen it. Okay, they're going to quote the same things that we've seen before. How do we know that he doesn't hold by Brera? It's not, it says, maybe it's from Mehad Ditnan, and again, this isn't really a Mishnah, but I think it's a Tosefta. Um, it's quoted in a bunch of Gemarot. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What? It's quoted all over. It's quoted everywhere. Yes. Yeah, so he says. He said. If a person goes and purchases wine from kutiim, back before they made a that you weren't allowed to use their wine, right? So you went and used it. Erev Shabbat im right before Shabbat. You didn't have. To, you know that they didn't separate truma and maser because they're not reliable. Now what are you going to do? So what you do is omed veomer shenei lugin shaniati lafrish arin truma. After Shabbat, I'm going to separate two log. It's going to be for truma. And asara maser rishon, and ten a tenth of it is going to be maser rishon because he has to separate a tenth. And also tisha maser sheni, and nine nine measures of it is going to be maser sheni. In other words, he declares, "I'm not separating out right now from this barrel, but I'm going to decide. In other words, I'm going to drink from this barrel on Shabbat, and after Shabbat, whatever I take out, that's the truma. Whatever I take out, that's the maser. Whatever I take out, that's the maser sheni. Right? Umechel v'shotemiyad says, "Then you can say that it's. Then you can deconsecrate. In other words." You didn't decide what what's going to be uh, what's going to be what, but by doing that, it, it, then you can then take money. Say the kedusha is going on this money here, even though you didn't decide which one it's going to be, right? You didn't decide which is which, but you put the money aside and said it's going to be deconsecrated on this money, whatever it is that needs to be deconsecrated, meaning the maser sheni or whatever. Right, the rest of it you're saying I'm going to separate it afterwards, and then you can drink from it, and it's no problem that well, you're you not going to determine. Se- you got to separate something. You don't. It's too late. He's saying you didn't have kelim. He's saying you didn't oh. have any container to put it in. So what you said was whatever I have left over after I'm having a party Shabbat. We're going to leave a certain amount over. Is whatever is left, that's going to be whatever it is. And I'm already <laughs> saying that I'm going to also deconsecrate the maser sheni on this money. Everything is done in advance. It's going to be retroactive. That's what Rabbi Meir says. But Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yosi, Rabbi Shimon, Osrit. Right, the, Rabbi, the the other rabbi said you can't do that. Alma in Why would they? Why would they prohibit? Because there's no brayra. How can you say Sunday? Now I know which one was really the truma, whatever was left over. So it says mimai. Maybe that's not the reason. Maybe Rabbi Yehuda does allow brayra, but dil because actually explicitly there it says the reason why they didn't like it because amru the Rabbi Meir there's a different problem, which is all Shabbat you're drinking from that barrel. What happens if the barrel breaks? And now whatever supposedly you were going to leave over for Tuma, Hamas, everything, now it's gone. So you actually didn't separate Tuma. And it turns out that you ate Tevel, the whole Shabbat you were drinking Tevel because you never actually fulfilled the condition. We'll wait till that happens. Meaning I don't have to make the Halakha based on an eventuality like that. If it happens, it happens too late. You had in mind to do it, you were not able to do it. But it wasn't done, it doesn't matter. That sounds like a Christian thing, like you have a good heart, you believe, you know. No, it has to be, it wasn't done. Maybe Hashem isn't going to punish you. That doesn't have to do with, that. it's not the halakha though. The halakha has to be like based on the law. Meaning, what is the rule? Can you do a, he's not saying now you're going, it's not saying you're going, it's not saying, it happened, now what? Right, but that's the whole thing. Point. That's a good. That's that's true, but 
That's like, we don't make a halakha. They're saying, don't make a, construct a halakha where you're opening yourself up that that might happen. Right? He's saying, since it didn't happen yet, we, we, we're allowed to use the, 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 the braira. And if it happens, it happens. It's, then it's out of our control. That's basically what he's saying. They're saying, no, what, we should not allow for that. Why, don't make yourself vulnerable to that, to that possibility. Right? That's, that's what they're saying. Now, so that's not a case of braira, actually. They could agree with braira, but still think that's not a good way to go because you could have an accident. Right? It's like Ayo said. Ayo is a person. Ayo said, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, A person cannot make two conditions simultaneously. Meaning, and this is talking about Eruvet Tchumin, where people would put a, an Eruv Tchumin to the east and to the west and say, uh, if the Chacham comes to the east, I want to go there for the Shi'ur. If he ends up coming to the west, I want to go there to the Shi'ur. But he can't have two Eruvet Tchumin. He can only extend his boundary in one direction. But he says, I'm going to extend it in whichever direction the Chacham comes. So it's like Brera. Whichever the Chacham ends up coming, that's going to be the extension of his boundary. Okay? So, Rabbi Yehuda said, you can put one Eruvet Chumin to the east and one to the west and say, whichever one the Chacham comes, that's my Eruvet Chumin. But you can't say both. Meaning, you can't, if there are two Chachamim coming, you can't get up on Shabbat morning and say, uh, I want to go to Rabbi Cohen. I want to go to Rabbi Levi. Rabbi Levi is to the east and Rabbi Cohen is to the west. I'm going to go to the, I decided in the morning I, I want to go to Rabbi Cohen. It's too late. You can't do both. Meaning you can't put two and decide on Shabbat morning which one you're going to go. But you could put it before Shabbat and say whichever one the Chacham comes to, that's the one that I intended. Okay? Now the Gemara asks, Vavinanba. Both of them are Brera. What's the difference? Right? In other words, if you wake up on Shabbat morning and say, I decided I want to go to the west or I decided to go to the east, that's Brera. You're retroactively deciding that the western one was the real one. And also, if you put two and you say, whichever one the Chacham comes to, that's the one I intended, it's also being decided retroactively. What's the difference? So it says the difference is, Rabbi Yochanan, the Chacham already came. This guy doesn't know where the Chacham came. So he puts an Eruvet Chumin to the west and he puts it to the east. He says, if he came to the east, I don't know which one. Whichever one he already came to, that's the one I want. So then Shabbat morning they announce, Rabbi came to the west. Okay, so that was the one that I meant. But if not, then not. Right, meaning if the circumstance, if the decision actually was made on Shabbat, that would be Beira. But the decision wasn't made on Shabbat. It was just that he didn't know where the rabbi was on Friday. So, so whichever one it was, was always, was, oh, right, exactly. It was Mitziut, was already, was already in place. He just didn't know. Right, exactly. He's going to find out, but that doesn't mean that it was actually based on a future contingency. It was based on a current situation, right? So, so, now that we say for Rabbi Yudah, there's no Boira, meaning that the reason why you can't d- have a container that has both Ola and Chatat in it, because you can't say retroactively we're going to decide, if somebody dies, they put their money in there, we can't retroactively say, oh, this money that we're removing is their money, and therefore we're clearing the rest of the money, that's why he doesn't allow you to have Ola and Chatat mixed together. So that's the reason there. But that means that he has no problem with labeling containers. Labeling containers is not a problem. So then coming back to Yom Kippur, Haktiva Idle. So Yom Kippurim Ma Nami Naved So same thing. Why? So now we're back to the drawing board. If labeling containers is okay, Okay, according to Rabbi Yehuda, why can't we have two stands in the Kodesh and put the and have one for Bar, one for Seir, and put a label on it? It says no. Mishum Chulshad Kohen Gadol Lav Adate. He's too tired. He's not going to be able to read the labels. He's going to get confused. Because if you don't assume that, there's another reason why he could tell the difference between the goat and the bull. The bull has much more blood than the goat. He's going to be able to tell. 
Right? In other words, if, he, if we're assuming that he's fully in possession of his faculties and he's awake, why, he's not going to be able to tell the difference between bull and goat. It's yeah, a lot more. They didn't catch it ah, exactly. Maybe he'll say they didn't receive all the blood of the par, and therefore it looks like the same amount. Exactly what you said. Right? Rav Yudah said, we learned it before. He has to receive all the blood that comes out. Right? Because it says he has to spill all the blood of the, of the bull. Right? So now you'll say, I'm surprised you didn't ask this one. Right? Maybe he spilled some of it. Right? And therefore, it's a lower amount, so you can't tell the difference. No. You have the fact that the coloring is different. The color of the blood of the goat is brighter than the color of the... It's a darker red. You can see it, I guess. You can see it, I guess. I don't know. I'm not an expert in it, but I guess so. Right? Right. The answer is that since the Kohen Gadol is very tired, he's not going to be paying attention, so it won't work with labels. It won't work because you could see that he can't even distinguish between a larger amount, a smaller amount, bright, dark. So you see that we don't rely on him. That's why he wants there to be only one stand at a time. So he knows that every moment, okay, I'm dealing with the bull now, I'm taking the goat. He's going to know what he's doing because he never puts them both down at the same time and gets confused. That's the key. Right? Now, also how? In, in Kodesh, I don't think there was like LED lighting or anything like well, that. Well, they had the menorah b- b- burning in there. Yeah, it was just menorah. Yeah, and they had windows. They had windows. They, they were asking yesterday. It was, uh, we were asking yesterday. Yeah. They had these windows, oh, and the, they had windows. Otherwise, in the Kodesh, Kodesh it would be pitch black. With, there's know, nothing in there. Right? No, there's, there's windows. They had windows on the side. Such Shlomo Melech made these one sided windows. You couldn't see them, but you got light from the outside. Next one, yeah. It was like, yeah. Tinted windows. Tinted windows. You get light, but you don't, you don't, you, you, you're, you're hidden. You know? Anyway, <laughs> so this must be talking about Musaf of Yom Kippur. So the Chazan of, of Rava went in front of him to read the Musaf. In the version of this Chazan who was reading the Musaf seemingly of Yom Kippur in front of Rava, so he said that the Kohen Gadol went out and put down the, uh, put the blood of the bull on the second stand in the Hechal. I'm sorry, no, put the blood of the uh, goat, rather, on the second stand of the Hechal. He took the blood of the bull in, or, in order to put it on the parochet now, right? And he put down the blood of the goat. So, Rava said to him, you're taking one according to the rabbis and one according to Rabbi Yehuda. Because if it's according to the rabbis that there are two stands, why does he have to put, the, why would he have to first remove the one because he says why would you have to pick up the blood of the bull before you put down the blood of the goat you could first put down the blood of the goat because there's an empty space there and then take the blood of the uh, of the bull that you're about to use why would you have to first pick up the one that's sitting down and then put down the other one you wouldn't have to do that Right? That's only according to Rabbi Yehuda. So you're taking Rabbi Yehuda's position that he has to pick up the one that's down right. before he puts down the one that's in his hand. But you're also taking the rabbi's view that there are two stands. So that doesn't make sense. Rather, Rather, he can put down the blood of the goat and pick up the blood of the bull because there are two stands. And that shows you how the, the Musaf of Yom Kippur, the Avodah of Yom Kippur, is supposed to be very accurate. Um, when we read it on Yom Kippur Musaf, it's supposed to be very accurate in line with the halacha. Even the details should be accurate in line with the halacha um, when we're reading the Musaf of uh, Avodav Yom Kippur. So you see how precisely they worded everything. And I've actually, there was one time that I was using one Siddur that had a mistake. It was, it was missing uh, part of the, it was missing one of the parts of the Avodah by accident. I don't know if the paragraph was missing or if there's a reason why it was missing, but it's, it, you know, it, you have to make sure that your Siddur is accurate. And actually the Sephardic one, it's a known thing that the Sephardic one that we do, 
is more accurate. So there are actually even some Ashkenazim that they use the Sephardic one. I, I know that there are some, like Rabbi Salvechik recommended using the Sephardic one instead of the Ashkenazi one because it was much more accurate, true to the halakha, than the Ashkenazi one has certain opinions woven in, I don't know, that are not as accurate. If you look up, you'll see that there are, there are problems. They have one, it, theirs is called, I think, Amitz Koach. Ours is Atakonanta Olamirosh. And ours, apparently, is much more accurate. I mean, I know that it's accurate. I don't remember the Ashkenazi one, but I, I actually, the, when I was a Chazan in Ashkenazi synagogue, they, it was a, it was a, it was a minyan that used the Sephardic one also, so I don't think I ever read the Ashkenazi ones. I'm not even sure if, what, the, what the mistakes are. Even the 